0: welcome everyone to
1: uh northview extra podcast this is episode number 191 i believe and uh you're doing a silent golf clap why are you doing a golf clap i don't know i thought you're just happy to be here no, I thought Ezra
2: was gonna do his little applause thing on his phone, but
1: no. he hasn't done that for a while. I don't think his new phone. He doesn't have a uh, an Apple iPhone anymore, mm. so I don't think his new phone does that. New phone doesn't quite cut it, does it? No.
3: <laughs>
1: hey, thank you for listening. If you have any questions you would like us to attempt to answer, please send them to Northview. Uh No, please send them to extra at norfew.org. Uh, with us is Jeremy, the intern, doing our uh, recording of this podcast. Hello. Jeff, welcome here. Thank you, Darcy. It is nice to be here. How's that dive Dr. Pepper going? It's sitting right in the middle of my esophagus <laughs> at the moment. Uh, Ezra is here. Hi. Hi. Kyle is here. Hello. Greg is here. Hi. And Andy, unfortunately, oh no, you are here. Andy is here. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Just sitting beside you, Darcy. <laughs> All right. Sorry, didn't see you there. And Darcy's here. And I'm here. Yes. Thank you for listening. Well. Um, we have a lot of questions that came in, and of course, last night was a big night in the life of our church. We had an extraordinary congregational meeting, which we'll talk about uh, towards the end of the podcast, but there's something on everybody's mind, which this uh, listener yeah, could- writes a question about. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Andy. Andy. Thank Appreciate uh, Pretend I've said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Should we
4: just clear most things here with you? That's the softball, Greg. <laughs> Pretend he said nothing. And Greg said... What? <laughs> Craig said, "I don't know. Do we have to. Even no, pretend? that's just a real softball or, that Andy threw up. Lots of jokes could be made about the uh, pretend I said nothing
2: because that's different than normal. Ta-da. That's
4: not a very good <laughs> one. I liked the what. That was better. Yeah, that, what? You, and he totally didn't know what. I'm sorry, you did you say, say what something? What you? <laughs>
2: I like that Andy didn't ask permission to to ruin. Can the the I world, say the podcast. something?" Can I disrupt everything for just a second? <laughs> okay, so let's get back to this
1: question from this listener who is waiting uh, with bated breath, I'm sure, for our answer here. What does Can that I, mean, by the way? Can I ask you that before you go into that? I've bre- often wondered what bated breath <laughs> is. Kyle, Kyle will look that up and he will answer that. Uh, is that bated with an A? I don't know.
4: I what a, does it mean? Bated bait. breath. I'm waiting bated breath. I'm on, it. I'm on, breath.
1: It. I'm on it. 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 Worldwidewords.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, it's good. <laughs> All right, what's the question? So the question is Was the Seahawks win over Green Bay a miracle? Yep. And if so. No, it wasn't a miracle. It was unbelievable. Can we be assured of another miracle in the Super Bowl? Okay, so here's what's happening. And if so, hang on. And (laughs) if so, is it a sin to bet on a sure thing? (laughs) If I give 10% of my winnings to the church. Uh, Let's take those in reverse order. We don't.
4: Condone gambling in any variety at all. Even if it's a sure thing. Even if it's a sure thing. Mostly because of what it says about your goal. You you want money. Okay, anyway. So here's the thing about the Seahawks. Bated breath. Oh. <laughs>
2: Subdued breathing. What? Due to high emotions. Oh, I
4: know what it means, it's a, it's a, it, but it,
2: oh, like, where well, does wow, it what what come from? you me no, no, where, <laughs> where does it come from? Oh, you what want is the, the word word oh, Wait, now nice. you'll Wait, I First, know where it
5: comes from. I think, I think it comes from, actually, Shakespeare, the, uh, oh, that's the, the, that's the merchant that's of that's Venice that's in, that. I think, 1596, <laughs> I'm gonna guess? It, as ow. As he's looking at his computer, <laughs> <all> oh, these, <laughs> spoil it! I I it attention in
4: high school literature? Uh, Kyle in your
1: Wikipedia app. <laughs> so it sounds from okay, Shakespeare. And so, Greg, had, well, Greg has something to add here.
2: No, mine, mine said it started in 1933, so we always have conflicting sources. Oh, <laughs> Worldwide Words. We're going oh, with Kyle. I'm shocked that WorldWideWords.org wasn't reliable. <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: so here's what happened. See if you follow my line of thinking here. No, you're back to the Seahawks. Okay, game. okay, okay. In the NFC champion, in the NFC uh, playoffs this year, Dallas played against Detroit. Dallas wins this game on a questionable call, basically, right? A a referee's decision to not call uh, to first call pass interference yes. and then pick up the flag. They yeah. win it. Then Dallas goes and plays Green Bay. And Green Bay wins on I'm a referee's refer- decision, a questionable, a questionable call, right? I'm seeing a conspiracy So, theory, so, so then, it. then Green Bay <laughs> goes and plays Seattle, and they Seattle now wins against Green Bay on a crazy late game question everything kind of play or set of plays, so wouldn't it be reasonable for us to think that now he knew England will beat Seattle on like a last second touchdown pass and a two point conversion thrown high into the air and the gronk gronks it.
1: No? Yeah, I'm sure sure that's just as likely as anything else. I'm telling you I think I see it. You want to bet on that? No.
3: so, (laughs) So According to you, Jeff, the Patriots are winning.
4: No, uh, this is a lifelong Seattle
1: fan. Grew up on the east side of Seattle. I remember you saying Seattle, Pacific Northwest teams cannot they are, win anything. Yes, they are cursed. They and they proved you they wrong last year. They are cursed.
4: Week. So the question is, is the curse going to be reinstated? Have they built us up now after winning last year? Have they built us up now to a level... Where dropping us off the cliff will actually injure us to such a degree that we will never recover. (laughs) Or is the curse truly, truly broken? So I'm prepared. I'm prepared for losing horribly. You have to understand. I'm an, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I understand what it means to
1: have all the promise in the, all the promise in the world. And well, Seattle's going in underdog. So Jeff, give us your prediction for the score. Oh, I'm going to ask all of you that. No, Kyle, you cannot look that up. My prediction
4: for the score.
1: Yes. Well, and the winning team. Uh,
4: I I think it's, it's my heart or my head. Your head. My head. Why are you yelling? Says, <laughs> <laughs> this is really conflicting. N- New England 24 mm-hmm.
3: Seattle 23.
1: Oh. Wow. Wow.
3: Ezra? Uh 24 21 Seahawks. Kyle? Uh 30 to 20
2: Seahawks. Oh. Greg? I was going to say 28-20 Seahawks.
1: Wow. <clears throat> I'm not giving a score, but this one pains me. Good, because I didn't ask you. Good. <laughs> I'm going 35-24 I'm, I'm, I'm Seahawks. Leave. I'm going to leave now.
4: 35-24 <laughs> Seahawks. So I'm the only one currently in the room, except for Andy, who doesn't. He like is punting. I, I came back. Oh, so, okay. so oh, so Phew. I'm the only one here. So no, no, we'll, hang we'll, on. We'll one, the intern needs to speak, yes. but like the only one here who, who matters. I, I'm the only one. <laughs> oh, speak, intern. What do you think?
0: <laughs> uh, the Seahawks are gonna win, so you're off. Okay.
4: So high scoring. So I think so I'm the only one here who thinks the Patriots. No, I do as well. In okay, my but mind, I, just,
1: but I was. I told you I'm not giving a score though. Well, that's such a comment. Well, Andy line.
4: and I think I, I think with my my heart, exactly. I heart I want Seattle. the Seahawks to win in a blowout.
1: <clears throat> like last year, yeah. Yes.
4: <laughs> in my mind, I I just Patriots. I think the Patriots match up well with them. What's the over under on how many I years? was born in Boston, so perhaps it's my oh, early Boston. my early life that is calling me back although apparently recently right now god is not happy with boston they are under two feet of snow (laughs) and a lot of
1: deflated footballs (laughs) okay the over what's the over under and how many times that will be mentioned the deflated footballs deflate gate i don't know over under i'd say
4: 10 yeah you think it'll be that many yeah there'd be 10 you know if you're a new if you're a new england fan though you need to understand how difficult this would be because if your team wins it's because you cheated yeah. and if your team loses serves you right because you cheated yeah you didn't cheat enough then you right and you can't even cheat well enough Did so they get it out really New England is England? it really is an awful situation for a New England Patriots fan because like they can't That's what the are they bad. gonna do they're gonna they say to gonna you, you the, the Monday next Monday they're gonna say oh we won in your face and
1: everyone else will say
4: you cheated what a bunch of losers
1: <laughs> well not it's like there isn't a history of that but that's did they like actually that. get out of New England before the storm hit? Like, they did. Yeah. Seahawks maybe just. They have did. An Apparently, there's a ball boy game. though,
4: who Ooh, is the rogue job. ball boy yeah. who carries with him a deflation and inflation needle. But he knows just he how Brady pulls, wants them. and he pulls it into <laughs> the into the bathroom, and he deflated those balls just a little bit because he's
1: crazy. He's like the Joker. There's he no wants way. to ruin life. <laughs> Tell me
3: another story. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, that's probably enough on our sports segment. Which uh, this? Well, I guess Eight next people week. Still listening. <laughs> <laughs> next week we'll have another very short sports segment. Greg, I won't be here, so I'll give you, the, you. be here, Darcy? I'll give you the predictions because I will be cheering for the Seahawks. <laughs> Where? Wholeheartedly. in Phoenix, Arizona. Darcy
2: Coon is Super Bowl bound. We I am gonna record, record the
1: from Bowl. the Super Bowl.
4: Nice. Fact. Can you can you please record something on your phone after the just after the final whistle so that we can so that we can hear your response? Either that of great tragedy <laughs> or silence. Just phenomenal joy. Yep. Can you do that for us I and will then, try to then do that. text it to us and we will play it on the air. Okay. I will right. try to make a
1: mental note of that.
2: Tell Brandon to keep it PG in his Tell your son to not, uh, you know, use the uh, the the, flowery language. It'll be the Patriot (laughs) fans around us that will
1: be having (laughs) a problem with that. All right. In the sermon this weekend, Pastor Ezra, Mm. that would be you, referred to Matthew 721, which says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. I wonder if you can clear up what seems like a contradiction. We teach consistently that we enter the kingdom by grace, and those who attempt to uh, enter under their own righteousness won't make it even though they cry, Lord, Lord, or do a bunch of Christian things. But this verse, and Ezra, exhorts us to do God's will or to be left out of the kingdom. How are we to understand going God's will and resolve this apparent contradiction with salvation by
3: grace? I don't think it's a contradiction. I think, now the scriptures... Uh, teach that salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone alone exactly that not by words. yes not that by no works one may boast. that none may boast agreed now those who come to salvation those who are his meaning Christ's will endeavor to persevere to the end mm-hmm. and part of the process of persevering is loving the Word of God seeking to obey the Lord, seeking to live by um, as a sp- live by the Spirit. So the Spirit of God guiding you on a day-to-day basis to live a life that is worthy of the gospel what to if which I don't? you are called. Now, if you don't, obviously, now the question that may be asked is this. What if you don't? What if you don't what? <laughs> you, that's the question. If you don't live a life that is um what
4: if what if I what if I'm what do you say to the person who is not living Hmm. up to that standard
3: I would press people to say hey you do realize that as as a teacher of the gospel I would continue to persuade people and call people to live a lifestyle of obedience (laughs) failure to do so failure to do so, then my I would begin to question, okay, now, is the gospel really in you? But you don't live a life of perfect obedience. No, but... So the gospel's I, not I, in you. No, I live, a, I, live a, I endeavor, I strive to live a lifestyle of obedience. And obviously I realize there are places where I fall short, so I come in repentance. Every day, repenting and asking the Lord to forgive my sin and to continue filling me with his spirit. Mm-hmm to move me to be more Christ like so i'm yielding to the prom- the promptings of the spirit of god now if i don't see a posture where someone has a <clears throat> the posture of his heart facing christ and saying i want to follow, l- you. follow jesus then my question would be okay now are you really a christian
4: so yeah if you if you're mm-hmm. unrepentant and you per- per- and you persist in your unrepentance yes Uh, that that's the issue then then
3: I begin to question right yes
4: the reformers used to have a they used to say we're saved by grace through faith unto obedience it's interesting in the in the modern world how we actually have not we don't add that last piece but the reformers believe that and the church for ages has believed that we are saved by grace through faith unto obedience and that that from my point of view is exactly the right order That we are not saved by any obedience. So pre-conversion works don't save you because you can't obey God enough. Christ is the only one who did obey. So we are saved by grace through our faith in Christ alone for salvation. And the only hope in life and death that we have is Christ and him crucified and our faith in him. Now, what happens subsequent to that, though? How do you know somebody? How do you know the tree is healthy? How do you, How do you know the roots the are fruit. good? The fruit, right? The fruit. So you get this language and this is the language <clears throat> you actually you get around that <clears throat> passage in Matthew 7. You you know the fruit, the root of the tree is good because the fruit of the tree is good. is good. And so what are good works then? Well they are fruit of a healthy tree. If the good works aren't there, what would you Conclude about the tree. This is a problem with the root, right? That the profession is just a mere profession that they're making,
5: mm-hmm.
4: and nothing more. Uh, we are not the ones who determine who's a Christian and not a Christian. That's the the one to judge of all the world. Do it is it's right, God. Mm-hmm. and he G- God is the one who makes those determinations. However, we are called to warn those who are persisting in unrepentance, and we are called to warn those who don't give evidence of saving faith in their actions. Usually in their unrepentance, Mm -hmm. they're unwilling to turn away from their um, their idolatries and their sinfulness. This is a big, great discussion. In the end, one of the challenges of the questions you have in the here, one of the things I want to make clear anyway, is that when you really get down to this and you start getting a little bit freaked out, which is what a lot of people do at this point, is they think, well, how how do I know I'm saved then? Because I don't Luther's issue. He was freaked out. Right. So. I think that you need to understand there's a difference be- between um, – I don't want you to quantify your obedience to God. It's not, it's not an issue of quantity. Well, you need to do like 60%. That's, that's not what we're tal- talking about. It's actually a uh, tenor or direction of the heart is what the question <clears throat> is, if you know what I mean. What I'm saying is, are you repentant? Are you willing to bow the knee to the Word of God? Are you in agreement that the Word of the Lord is true? And so where you sin, you come to the Lord and you say, you are right and I am not. And I claim, the only claim I have on you is the shed blood of Christ. But help me by the power of your spirit to be transformed, right?
2: Mm -hmm.
4: By the renewing of my mind that I might obey you. Th- that, those are Christian confessions.
3: So you would say then that there is a, a um, desire to repent, to be repentant continually, and a striving yes. toward godliness or holiness, right? Right.
4: If, you didn't, if I didn't see the striving <clears throat> toward godliness and holiness in the life of a person, I would have significant pause.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: If, if I saw somebody who was unwilling to admit uh, their sin before God, even though they might profess faith, I would have significant pause and I would warn them. I think that that's what Jesus does. In fact, mm-hmm. the passage in Matthew 7, I think that's what Jesus is doing. He's warning.
2: It seems to me that it's coming back to, to the foundation.
4: What, what is the motivation? The motivation isn't that you're working for the salvation. It's
2: because you're saved that you're working. Right.
4: You, you're not working in order to gain something. You're working because you already have it. Exactly. Yeah, but the works are the same. And this is one of the things that I've pointed out before. When you talk I, I've used the illustration before. If, if 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 there's a police officer in our in our church and he goes out to the, he goes out after our church and there's a lot of traffic going and he goes out and starts directing traffic. Okay. And I look at him and I think, oh wow, that's so cool. I would I want to be someone like that. So I go out and direct traffic. People are probably we're both doing the policeman work, but the reason we're doing it is fundamentally different, right? I'm doing it in order to be one. He's doing it because he's one. Right? Yep. That's the difference. Yep. Christians are the ones who already are, and they are acting like who they are. Saved, redeemed, transformed, new creations, right? Yep. Whereas I in that image, the one who is pretending to be uh, a police officer and doing it in, in order to gain some standing, and that's not saving faith. Pre-conversion works don't help you, post-conversion works demonstrate you've
3: been helped. Amen. The reason, one of the reasons why I brought this issue up in my sermon is I notice that in the, in the world around us, our culture, in the Christian church, I see people are very, we, we, we love to talk about grace. You know, God has granted us grace, and he has, amen, and he saves us by grace. But then obedience seems to be optional, in many cases for us and I and that concerns me because Christ doesn't seem to be portraying obedience as optional Obe- obedience to Christ is not an option it is a must-do this is now who we are in the new covenant body we strive to be Christ-like in our conduct, in our relationships, how we live our lives, and we repent all along, and trust Him to continue transforming us to the likeness of Christ Himself.
4: Tina, what's interesting about about this is that if you go to Romans one, I'm, I'm just my mind is, is racing with all sorts of texts. Um, in Romans one, what you get is uh, I'm looking for it specifically. It he talks about. Uh, It talks about how Paul's goal is to bring about the obedience of faith. remember this, Kyle? Do you remember this text? 1-5. 1-5, thank you. 1-5, so um, verse 4, And was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. What's goal? So what's the goal of this man's ministry? To bring about the obedience of faith. That is a wonderful little phrase, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Because here, here, in this passage, you've been Paul's shown grace, of salvation, and his ministry is to bring about the obedience, which comes from faith. Is probably the way that genitive works there. Obedience, which is produced by faith. In the scriptures, this is what you get. In fact. This is what's so wonderful about the story of Rahab. Uh, I didn't hear Ezra's sermon this weekend. It was in with uh, Ron Friesen on Sunday night, and one of the points that he was making, which is an excellent point, is that Rahab is a wonderful example of somebody who is having faith. How do I know? Because she hid the spies, not because she said she had faith, not because she agreed cognitively with something. She did do that. She believed in her mind. But it was demonstrated in a great risk to her own life. That's
2: mm-hmm.
4: faith. Somehow in our culture we think that, like you said, that faith is something you say mm-hmm. and it, it's not demonstrated. And the Bible just doesn't know anything about that. Read James. That's his big point. It just mm-hmm. it doesn't know anything about that. The, the faith that we have is displayed by how we act. Yeah. That,
5: that phrase, obedience of faith, is actually repeated by Paul at the very end of Romans in the doxology. So he kind of bookends that letter beginning in uh, chapter 1, verse 5, and then uh, at the end of chapter 16. So this is like the thrust of him. This is what the gospel
1: produces. It produces a faith that's obedient to who God is. Cool. I um, want to go on to a, another question here that's related to last week's discussion on monergism versus synergism. Kyle, what do those mean very quickly for those that maybe didn't listen last week?
5: Uh, monergism is, the, is mono one, solo. God is the one who's acting in the giving of faith and salvation, so he makes us new creations, and it's his action to do it um, and to, to grow us in the faith. It's him doing that. Uh, synergism is that there is, is a, uh, cooperation. It's God plus me saving
1: me. Okay. So the question that comes out of this is when the congregation is welcomed at the beginning of the worship service, the hosts or pastors have said something like, and we've all done this I'm sure, I am so delighted you chose to come today or thank you for showing up. These sorts of welcomes assume that I choose whether or not I come to church and although this is consistent with our modern culture which assumes and celebrates individual autonomy, I wonder if it's biblical. Doesn't God draw us in some way to worship and fellowship? Yes and yes. All right. No, I this is one of the big mis,
4: misguided notions of this entire debate and one that needs to be clarified. That that God uses human choice. Because God draws you doesn't mean that you you, you are now some sort of robot who is, you know, like your your eyes are transfixed and right. blurry and you are just automatically moving like you know, that's no, that's not the case. God uses the human will.
2: Hmm.
4: So so to To pit these against each other is just not true. And so, is is God the author of salvation? Yes. Salvation is of the Lord? Yes. But then I don't have any choice in it? Wrong. Yes, you do. Well, how do those work together? They do. (laughs) I I think that we agree. Yeah, you and I are going to have, Andy, you and I are going to have a difference regarding what. Whether or not God's drawing, and I'm using that that path, that, that word biblically, uh, and I'm thinking John six forty four here, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, whether or not that's something that God does for everyone or not, I'm saying that He does it for the elect based upon what John six forty four says. Mm. You, whereas you're going to want to extend that beyond. That's that's the fundamental difference, disagreement we have. But whether or not God. People have a will that is exercised in salvation is not the question. That's what I was trying to get at last time. People who hold a a true view of monergism would agree with what I just said. They're like, yeah, no, that's the case. But monergism gets pigeonholed and maligned as if saying, well, God just kind of does it all and human Mm -hmm. beings have no response or anything. I don't know anyone except some massive hyper-Calvinist who might might say that. Mm -hmm. And I would stand over against them in the strongest of terms.
2: One of the ways that has been helpful for me to think through this whole issue is to to think about the fact that God will, in his providence, let us do what we want to do, choose what we want to choose. But then the question we have to ask ourselves is, why do I want something rather than the other thing? Hmm. And so God, God in our lives can cause us to want certain things and then we choose what we want. But that just because God can influence and, and cause us to desire something doesn't mean that I actually choose to do what I want to do. That you I, I, still, to. I still choose what yes. I want to do, right. even though God has influenced my desires and my wants. Mm-hmm. And so that's been helpful for me to think through the fact that I, in my daily life, I will constantly choose to do what I want to do. The only question is, why do I want it? And you're yeah. free. I don't feel bound to make one choice rather than the other. I feel I, I feel free to choose what I want to do. You are free to
4: do to to do what you want to do. So you can come to church or not come to church. Does does that mean that God can't mm-hmm. use your choi- choice to accomplish his eternal mm-hmm. ends? No. That doesn't mean that at all. In fact, mm-hmm. God will use your choice to accomplish eternal ends. Read jo- read the story of Joseph. That's mm-hmm. what it's
1: about. Mm-hmm. We have heard stories of people driving by Downs Road here on a Sunday Not planning to come to church And just feeling drawn in For some reason right? And sometimes people who Feel
4: deep in their spirits That they don't want to come But end up coming because their parents made them Who end up experiencing A touch from the Lord that day Or whatever So yeah you, you are, we, we have a will that we exercise, and mm-hmm. yes, so pl- please, I, I'm just, I'm not trying to accuse the, the email of any um, maliciousness or anything. I'm just saying that uh, we need to understand mm-hmm. these terms the way the people who hold those viewpoints would espouse them, right? So I, to, to say, well, modernists don't believe that people have any kind of will or exercise any kind of will, that's just not true.
1: Okay, good. Uh, Greg, I'm going to throw this question to you. I, I gave you uh, a little heads up on it uh, as we came in here. Uh, hello, Extra Team. Every time I read in Hebrews, uh, I come across 6.1, Hebrews 6.1, which says to leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. I've read the section before it to find out what the therefore at the beginning of chapter 6 was there for. As well as the following section, I can't seem to find what it means as it seems an odd thing for the author to say. So mm-hmm. why is the therefore in Hebrews 6.1, what is it there for?
2: Well, the, the immediate uh, context of it is the author's talking about the fact that the, these people that he's talking to, should all they should be teachers in the faith by now, but they're not. And the reason why they're not is because the, instead of being able to go and move on to more solid food, of the faith. They are only still they're still drinking the milk like my son still has to drink milk. And there's and the author's saying, "No, you guys aren't babies anymore. You should be grown-ups." But the problem is you're not. And so he's saying, "Therefore, let's stop just drinking the milk of these things and let's move on to other doctrines as well and and be growing and developing as as disciples. And so for him the the milk, the elementary stuff is the stuff that he lists there. Uh, repentance and uh, understanding baptism, laying on the hands, the the final judgment to come. That's an interesting d- list because no, isn't it, I mean, <laughs> we, we want to rehash those things the all the time. The list is crazy.
4: <laughs> yeah. Like uh, this is one of my favorite texts actually to bring up when it whenever we get into conversations regarding hell and eternal judgment and stuff because what the writer here is saying is that as you said, Greg, and you, Greg's basically summarizing the verses immediately before verses 11 to 14 which you guys are eating you're drinking milk not solid food Hmm. Uh, so let's let's just settle the basics here and let's move on to the other stuff now like it's not like the basics aren't important in the same way that it's not like the fundamentals of basketball are important it's just that when you come to practice i don't feel the necessity to teach you how to do a bounce pass like we should have this settled I don't want to go back over the, the, the intricacies of, of shooting, hmm. right? You should be able to shoot at this point. We want to move on to how the offense is going to run and all these sorts of th- things. That's essentially what he's saying here. And then he says, well, what are the bounce passes and what are the shooting forms and what are those sorts of things? And he lists them, dude, he, they're crazy. Um, Lay foundation of repentance from dead works which is what we were talking about a minute Mm -hmm. ago, the faith toward God, instructions about washings, which is likely about baptism, Mm. the laying on of hands, commissioning or perhaps healing in that case, the resurrection of the dead, these are basics, and eternal judgment. (laughs) Again, eternal judgment Mm. is the chest pass. Look, Mm. it's settled. We all believe in it. We all know it's gonna happen. So let's not rehash it. Meanwhile, Rob Bell goes on TV and it's like, Isn't this fun? We're questioning all these things. Oh my goodness. It's like again, if I was this coach I would just say, Get out of my gym. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the Christian community doesn't want to say get out of my gym. What uh-huh. do we want to say?
2: Oh, that's interesting. Oh, it's a really good
4: question. I don't know why we do chess passes. What do you think, Popra? Because
2: they <laughs> <laughs> Popra. Nice. I did it we, before. I know, you're like bring yeah. that back. But anyway. I think I'm gonna keep it going. I'm
1: just wondering why in the week before <laughs> the biggest sporting event in North America, the Super Bowl, football, you're using a basketball oh, yes, illustration. Sorry. Uh, actually, do you have any more current Do you know what was how going on in my you? mind?
4: Is I was trying to contextualize this for Kyle <laughs> who is a basketball guy. And a Broncos fan, And I so. was trying to make sure that he was with me. Yeah. I
5: think I followed you. So, but the point of the bounce pass in the shooting form isn't to forget it and never do it again. It's to... It's, it becomes instinctive. Right. It's something you do and you know when to do it and how to do it. And it's just part of the, the air you breathe as you play the sport. Uh, so it's not these things, these fundamental things are things that, okay, we've kind of thought through that. Now we can go on to different things. Right. It's more that we can build from that into yeah. other things. Right.
4: Yeah. And there might be an occasional practice where we get together and we talk about those things, not as a way to question their validity, but as a way to say, Let's return to the basics. Let's return to the fundamentals. This is the foundation upon which all this other stuff is built. You guys remember, let's do some chest passes just to, you know, get our arms moving. Remember, yeah. and
2: usually oh, I've coach, had a lot of those practices. Usually yeah. coaches do that when things are not going so well with the team. Right. And they're the coach is starting to wonder, does this team have any idea what they're doing right. in this game? Okay, let's go over the fundamentals. And now let's keep going. Right. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, I think last week uh, I put a teaser out that we're going to talk about tipping. I think that's what I recall, but I never listened to the podcast, so I don't. Yeah, I think we did. I don't even listen when you guys are talking. So, (laughs) sorry. Did you just say something, Darcy? What's that? Nothing. Do you know what the movie is? How dare you do that? That was legit. I didn't actually hear what you were saying. (laughs) All right. So, um, Jeremy, how much typically do you tip at a restaurant? Jeremy, what's your last name?
4: (laughs) Isaac. Okay, so that means you're you're a Mennonite. Yes. Okay, where you go. (laughs) I would say <laughs>
2: percent. Wow.
0: 10 to 15? 10 to 15? Mm-hmm. Jeff? 20%. 20,
3: consistently. Well, really? He's
2: mm-hmm. about 20. Well. Oh. See, I was in the 15 20, but now I'm feeling bad about myself. 15 20, unless I forget. And it's just nothing.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm better <laughs> you, than Andy. You, you've <laughs> <laughs> actually
4: stiffed somebody. No, my wife will catch it. So I was with. Um, not, it's hard a though. A person now, who will go now. unnamed
0: because, like the, the at one <laughs> meets you at one point yes. in my life,
4: and he pulled out of his. We were uh, having a breakfast at his place, and he pulled out of his pocket. It's Not here in Abbotsford; it was uh, in a former life. And he pulled out of his pocket, like whatever he, he we were about to leave. He goes, "Oh, I got the bill." And he took the bill, and he, he pulled out of his pocket whatever was in his pocket. And, dude, there was like a gum wrapper and some lint, <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, and about twenty-four terrible. cents. That's and he threw terrible. it on the table, and I just stared at it and. I was so uncomfortable that he went up for he went up to pay the bill, and I said, "Oh, I, I gotta go and use the bathroom for a minute." And I went back, and I'm like rifling right through my wallet and putting money down. I was a server. The answer to the question is twenty percent. Okay. So did, you, I did, did, did you lie? By did you actually use the washroom? Well, this or is like you... a Rahab lie, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I did use. Uh, yeah, I went to the bathroom after that. Okay. Before good. to throw away the lint. <laughs>
1: Before Brian Schmullen got engaged, get on you, Brian. Uh, I one time we I one time was out for dinner with him, and left
2: his phone number on the bill. So <laughs> that it was, was a, it. was a tip, and yeah, and a little more, a little, <laughs> a, little, a little more. Um, didn't so work. This, didn't work, by the way.
4: Do you know? I know some Christians who actually have <laughs> left tracks as the as the tip.
5: Well, some of them have like a million dollar bill on them.
3: So That's I, a big.
4: Tip. I used to. I used to. I used to. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I one of the tracks said, "Here's a tip." On it, and and I used to work at a at a restaurant as a server. I was awful server. I was the worst server ever. And I remember a couple of people getting these tips, these whatever, these tracks as tips. And I'll tell you what: if you want to make sure that someone doesn't believe in the Lord Jesus, <laughs> that is the <your> way <laughs> to do it. Yeah, if you if do don't leave don't tip, leave any mean? tip, and give them here's a tip, track. Well, if they slipped a nice, healthy, real tip within the track? You know happy? what? Yeah, you know. I'm like ah, this is a wonder. Tipping is a wonderful way for you to bless people in your community for doing a good job. In in your in your, what's hard for me is that I struggle because sometimes the person doesn't do a good job, and I still feel like uh, yeah.
1: So do you give the same amount whether they're good or bad, or do you? No, 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 no. no. I'll, I'll, I'll
4: range. Okay. Yeah, I'll go to twenty five percent if I if I do. My my thing is it's part of eating out. If you don't want to tip. There are places you can go that don't you don't have McDonald's. to McDonald's. yes it's easy you don't have to you don't have to tip there Thailand right mm. but if you're gonna go out to a meal here you need you need to tip every young adult I know of right now would be cheering because yeah there are some some things that I have been told from people around Abbas when i was a young adults pastor I'd, I'd meet with you know young adults and they would they would tell me stories <laughs> and horrible things would happen around this community because apparently it's viewed here that you don't have to give
1: anything at all. So giving a lot or tipping aggressively, does that, is that a way to adorn the gospel? Well, they don't know if it's adorning the gospel because you're not
4: actually preaching the gospel to them. I think it's a way to, uh, to help the common good. How's that? Like I think that we would like to live in a world where people's <coughs> effort is recognized by those who are being served. Because there's a cultural expectation
5: that um, servers are tipped. Right. They a, part of their wage is factored into the, right. their tips, right? But okay, but other
4: other cultures, it's not expected. Right. No. Would you tip, no. Okay, but do you tip the when you go and you buy pizza and you go to the pizza, so you do the pickup, and they they will have a tip option on their, on their, mm-hmm. their pay machines or whatever. Do you do you leave a tip? Actually, I often do. Really good for no. you. See, I, I think that that's like, wait a minute. You just, you made the pizza, which is what your business is. Is to make the pizza. I got out of my house, drove in my car down here to do that. If you delivered it to me, Mm. that's a service that you're providing me, and I would tip you. I have to tip my hairdresser, which is ridiculous, and I (laughs) point it out to her every time. Hey, Darcy? <laughs>
1: There's no rule. It says you have Whatever. I, I tell Does her every Darcy time it says hair?
4: tip on there, and I'm like, what, what in the world am I supposed to tip you? It would explain a
1: lot. She's <laughs> always like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Do Maybe you don't know. It comes with the machine. What about your barista? Do you tip? Oh. I don't drink coffee. I, I have to say, though, I looked. Uh, that would at be an... something you would want to, though, wouldn't it? Tip? It's what a it
4: service? Is Is a service they're doing
1: you? That's the 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 pizza. pizza. That's a cultural thing. There you go.
4: go. I think the
5: cultural expectation has to be factored in. I'm not a drinker. I
1: I feel like I need to defend my wife here, who cuts (laughs) Jeff's hair. That makes more Um, sense than you cutting it. uh, Yes, (laughs) I saw. I just yesterday, I saw a picture. I don't know where I was looking, but I saw a picture of you before she became your (laughs) hairdresser. It was scary. And I. It's worth every tip you've ever done. Yes, made. I bet. I mean. <laughs> well, apparently you're going to the uh, Super Bowl on my tips,
4: so.
3: <laughs> no, what I, would, what I would say about tipping, what bothers me is when you go to a restaurant and they give you the bill with the tip tacked onto it. Oh, this makes you mad. This I don't like. Well, that's because you have a, eight or more like people. This. No, I don't, it don't says like It it on the menu. Let, if, if, you, if, if we are there... I will tip are you, you generously. Are they, are they frightened that you might not leave anything?
1: I don't know. They're probably frightened he's just going to run out on but, the whole But, I world. mean, I will <laughs> tip you generously. I
3: will be generous <laughs> with my tip. If I'm eating out Whoa. like Jeff, I will tip well. Is this what they usually do at that but restaurant or just for you? No, I, I don't know. Let that be a warrant <laughs> to all you restaurants <laughs> out there. Don't tell Ezra. me how much to tip you. No. <laughs> Don't set it for me. Thank you very much. Okay, Swiss chalet
0: shut down, so you don't have to go there anymore. Several years ago, it was my mom's birthday party. Yeah, I'm speaking up. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we went out as a family to Montana's out in Chilac, And uh, this was my birthday gift to her and and to the family. I was going to buy everyone dinner. And so we sit down, we all order our things, and, and we had dessert and everything. But the whole time we're eating... Uh, the waiter spoke very derogatively to me, like spoke down to me the whole time. Yep. Like, hey bud, can I get you something to drink or So I shouldn't call you bud. Bud. Preferably not. Okay. And and when he when he would speak to my parents, is was very respectful and, and whatnot, because he's assuming that my parents <laughs> Wait really a minute. Were paying the bill. <laughs> this sounds right? just like our podcast. So <laughs> at the end he, he brings out the bill and then and I say, Hey, oh, I'm gonna be taking that. And right away, oh, here you go, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was so conflicted looking at this this debit machine. Hmm. Do I tip them or, or do I not? And I thought, ah, oh, should do the loving thing. I should I should tip. And so I go to enter my 10, 15 percent, whatever. <laughs> yeah, lower on that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. no, it was, it was okay. towards the higher end. Anyways, and uh, and I tip them, and then. Thought, okay, that was the right thing to do. And then a couple days later, I'm I'm checking my receipts, and I had entered only the cents, not the dollars. (laughs) (laughs) So I gave him 1%. (laughs) That felt great. (laughs) great. great.
1: On the other extreme of that, my son and I went for lunch the other day, and he was going to take me out for lunch, and then I felt bad, and so I threw $20 down. And so he went up to pay the bill, paid with the $20, and then the rest he was going to put on his debit card. Well, the amount then that comes in the debit card was whatever, $6 or something. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you the tip option. How many did the percentage? Right. So he went, he was just, and he delivers pizza, so he's you used to getting tip stuff. He was just about 10 to, you know, 15%. And then he went, oh, wait a minute. That would only be like very little money. So he ended up putting in 99% tip. Oh, <laughs> nice. to get To get the right amount. So... He beat you on that one. Um, I want to move on now. <laughs> Jeff just walked out the door.
0: <laughs>
1: I, the song.
0: I that is <laughs> uh, a song from Space Jam <laughs> in the background.
1: It was our Kelly, yeah. <laughs> I All right. That was the worst dead air space ever.
4: (laughs) I had to go out and tell the people, the youth ministry out in the hallway who was playing some sort of R. Kelly to to turn it down.
1: That's in honor of our basketball conversation. There you go. There it is. I want to close this podcast with uh, just an update for those of you that were not at the uh, Extraordinary Congregational Meeting. Uh, last night. Uh, Jeff, do you want to just give us a one-minute synopsis of what that meeting was for? Why did we call that meeting? Um, We called it because our
4: church has been uh, considering and prayerfully considering um, a ministry of of replanting, adopting, whatever you want to use, a word um, a, a church in mission that has approached us, and um, through our, through our conference, our uh, the, the MB conference, they approached us and they voted that they would like us to come and to take over their their leadership of their church. They voted 97% back in November that they would like us to do this. So we were responding to the offer of a kiss. Um, and our church, it was going to require some money from us um, because the church there has a debt and they have some uh, an unfinished building and an older building on the property. And so uh, there was a lot of thinking that had to go into that regarding, well, what what do we do? Do we build something or do we finish out what they started building? Do we not do that? Do we just board it up? Like, what what do you have to do? But the, the, the debt needed to pay, be paid off in return we we got the land and and the buildings as they are and so we needed to vote last night whether or not we wanted to go forward with that the first portion of that which is do we want to do this which means Mm -hmm. incurring the debt that they'd already accrued with the proviso that in the future we will probably have to come back to the congregation for another vote asking them right so here's our plans with the building or buildings there this is what it's gonna cost Let's do this. Right. Um, so last night was the first part of that. Do you want to do it?
1: And so that uh, proposal went to the members of Northview, mm. who then voted uh, whether they wanted to go ahead with this proposal and, and go uh, take over this church and mission. And the vote was 416 people voted. Yeah, it was 412 to 4.
4: So or nine, roughly the same score that the Seahawks will win by. <laughs>
1: So about 99%. A little over 99%, yeah, voted in favor of that. So it was very overwhelming. And, and so what does this mean for for Northview?
4: Well, this means that we all of a sudden, as we sit here on a Tuesday morning, are a, um, a multi-site church. We are a, uh, we have a campus in Mission. What it means is that Ezra is going to be the campus pastor in Mission. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we will run services there. Uh, they're going to have their last service this week up there to celebrate what's gone on before and there's a lot to celebrate regarding that ministry. Amen. And so um, they're going to celebrate that this week as there's going to be there uh, mm-hmm. along with Greg and they are going to be there to clap along with everybody else. We'll take a couple week break where we invite the people from the church there which is currently called Northside. Uh, we will invite them to come and join us here on our, in our Abbotsford campus. And uh, we will have a lunch probably after the first Sunday, which is the 8th of February. We'll have a lunch afterwards to get everybody who lives in mission or is interested in ministry and mission to come out, eat some food with us. We'll talk a little bit about what the future holds, that kind of thing. And then the following week, we'll have uh, the Sunday off. And on the 22nd of February, we will launch Northview Community Church Mission Campus. Um, In the intervening period, those few weeks, we will be uh, assessing some stuff, figuring out exactly how our ministry is going to go forward. We've done a lot of that already. Uh, we will probably be doing some changing of some of the uh, some of the signage and uh, doing some landscaping, cleaning the place up a bit. We are still, like I s- said before, we are the elders and the, the different committees, the stewardship committee and the development committee, and all these others are involved in uh, discussions now. Okay, with what do we do with the building? But we want to be on the ground for a while to figure out what we're going to do there. We need to get some pricing and some cl- clarity regarding all that sort of thing. So we're Also, just I mean, I yeah. should add to this: there also are <coughs> some other financial uh, things in the offing for our church that I, I need to make clear. Uh, one one of those things is that uh, we have a partnership with MB Mission uh, with the building. We have, I mean, this is, it's a long-term thing, but eventually uh, the, the money that they used to pay for the floor that they had on our building, we have always sought to to, to give that money back to them so that the building actually belongs completely to us, and we, we just, they, they rent from us for like a dollar a year, whatever it is. Um, that's been our long-term goal, and we will continue to have that as a goal. So that's one of our financial <coughs> commitments that we have to have. Long term, and uh, the, our church has grown a lot mm-hmm. over the last little while. In fact, surprisingly, a lot in the last fall and into the spring. And uh, we don't know whether or not this mission campus is going to lead to 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 take some people away from our our comp, our um, services here to try to free up some space. History says, uh, among other churches that have done this, that that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we, we have been talking with our congregation and, and, our, and our members for the last, it must be the last 18 months, I think, about uh, doing something with what's currently called West Court, which used to be called the Youth Center, figuring out how we can remodel that, change it so that it looks a lot more like our center court as a kind of a chapel thing, where we do uh, what's currently happening in center court on Sunday mornings, we do in the chapel mm-hmm. with a few more seats. And that would free up center court to either be used for uh, uh, breakfast ministry for those of you who've been around for a long time. Remember, we used to have that, or to actually do another service in there. So it would give us another nine hundred thousand seats for our weekend services.
1: So this is uh, this is a lot of money. Oh yeah, that, that like, we've so, been I, talking here. So, so
4: the, we're trying to be open and yep. honest about like about w- what the future holds regarding things. I don't. I really hate. The idea of building—I th- don't believe me. It's not—it's whatever. I don't like it at all. We don't all. build for the sake of building. Well, yeah, it just seems need. to be the the case right now that this has been something we've had to talk about and and think through. What's the best way to steward the money the Lord's given us? Do we want to, you know, at some point, y- you have to say, well, we're, you know, do we want to turn people away at the door uh, because we just don't have any <coughs> space? Uh, we don't want to do that. We've we've always made a commitment to say, if people want to come and hear the gospel preached, we will make room for them. Um. And we trust the Lord to provide the means necessary to do that. We're also involved in lots of different. I mean, we've wanted to increase our wanted to increase our giving and partnerships with ministries in Thailand and other places. Um, and there's some projects that are on the table for that. So, like, it's a lot. These are really exciting things. The thing is, yeah. when you start talking about it, people think, "Oh my goodness, that's just all." Look at all the money, and the, you know what? Money's there to spend on ministry and the Lord's work. That's a big reason we have it. So. This is good. These are good things to be thinking about. Reaching out into the community of mission, that 20 years from now there would be a, a viable, healthy church there, that would be reaching out to its community with the, by preaching the gospel, and that there might be another building here so that we could increase our ability in Abbotsford to do the same kind of thing. Those are good things, yeah. right? More churches planted in around Canada which we're still involved with c to c and we want to p- continue to partner together to see churches planted in other places beyond here. We also want to see churches planted in Thailand. We're, we work together with some mm-hmm. ministry um, with MB Mission, who does a ministry up in northern Thailand in Laos to, to train pastors and to plant churches there, which we want to get increasingly involved with. So yeah. lots of opportunities before us. We're just trying to lay out kind of the road ahead.
1: Uh, and if you have more questions about that or or anything, please send them to extra at norfew.org. And I just want to end with one last question, Jeff. Uh, why why Ezra? Why, why are we sending Ezra? I have to been mission? asking that question, why Ezra, for a long time. <laughs>
4: um, he, you know what? Ezra is uniquely suited for this work. One of the things I said last night in the meeting, a lot of people don't understand. You need to know that there are lots and lots of churches around Canada who need to have, um, who need pastors. And usually what happens is that, that Canadian churches don't have quite the gumption to ask a sitting lead pastor of a church, are you interested in coming over here head headhunting? Yeah, yeah. So what they will do is they'll look around and say, who is somebody who is sort of sitting in that second chair who could totally lead our church? Um, we're one of the largest churches around, and Ezra is a very visible guy in that sort of second chair. And so Ezra gets regularly asked to be a pastor elsewhere, uh, and I pray that he accepts it at every time. <laughs> 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 but he has not seen fit to do no. He's He hasn't done that. I think, I think you can speak to it, Ezra. Like I think because he likes what we're doing. What this does, though, is actually places him in ministry as essentially a pastor – a, a teaching pastor of our church that preach he who preaches predominantly in our north in our um, mission campus, but who's also involved in still involved at the same level as, as he as he's been here, as and in. so it basically puts him into my into a role like mine without the leadership responsibilities of my role. So it's a, I think a good thing.
3: I think it's a very good thing. Um, as I consider the various I um, you know, opportunities that come I look at okay so where is Northview Community Church as a as a church and what's the lead leadership structure what's the team around uh, people who are working in the organization and what's their vision and I think the elders the pastoral staff and even the just the regular staff of Northview volunteers this is an amazing church Uh, where there's a lot of strong leadership trust biblical faithfulness and yes going to be a pastor in a different church yeah it may be glamorous for a little bit and then you have all these challenges that come but i believe in what northview community church is doing and where northview is going and secondly i get to work with an amazing pastoral staff team whom i love and i care for and we joke a lot but we are also serious in what it is that we believe God is calling us to do so why would I live why would I leave here and go to a different place and do ministry there and like I said one of the people I really respect in ministry is Jeff given the fact that given the fact that um... thanks for nodding Kyle, I appreciate (laughs) it. Jeff is not Jeff is not uh, threatened by having strong leaders around him, be it myself, be it Steve, be it Darcy, or whoever. Uh, Jeff is not a pulpit hog such that he will not allow anyone else to preach. So to see someone like um, Greg Harris, who's really emerging to be a, a dynamic preacher, mm. uh, Jeff will continue to give him opportunities to, to preach from time to time and help develop him. I rarely see this in the lives of many lead pastors around. And so yeah. this is an amazing church. And I definitely want to be here for as long as the Lord will have me here. So this is why. Now, these guys are busy <laughs> laughing at something. Well, Andy, here,
2: the but, affirming but grunt oh well. is supposed to be lower. <laughs> like when someone says something yeah. and you affirm, you're supposed to just do the, mm, not yeah. the, Thank mm. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> That, that communicates something different. Yeah,
1: totally different. Well, um, you know, we did talk about tipping, and we thank you for listening. Final, final this, word on that.
4: This long tipping is not a town in China.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll actually let... Be on a sign behind us. <laughs> my
4: wife works.
1: Okay, so with the final tip, we want to leave you with something a little bit extra. Oh, I see a what tip. you did there. Yes. Okay. Andy. What are you going to leave our listeners with? This is the extra, the tip at the end of the podcast. So it's already been paid for.
4: Yeah. And now you get to this leave that. So special. we're about to see. Is this 10%? Is it 20%? <laughs> is it some lint? Ready? <laughs> and may the Lord bless you and keep you. Ooh, that's Thank a, you. That's actually a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a good one. I was one. expecting yeah. lint. <laughs> <laughs>